0: the keys of the kingdom I'm brother Gregory and we're gonna talk about the kingdom of God I'm in Oregon as many of you know but today in Medford Oregon and I'm specifically at the Oregon green expo in Medford I'll be there for a good part of the day uh, taking someone else's place uh, uh, at the expo and I was walking around the expo the other day and looking at some of the uh, um, displays and some of the booths that they have here. Uh, and, of course, uh, there's a great deal of interest in conservation. Uh, there's one family here that has uh, tried to find a market for wool uh wool prices are terrible in the United States because there's so much export uh importation of uh, foreign wool and everybody's gone synthetics and so therefore it's just a bad market for wool and so they've tried to find a new market where they're making actual insulation for houses with wool uh there's other people here that are talking about cooperative farming, uh, moving uh, private family farms uh, together into networks that will promote and protect the right to farm on small farms and produce a good quality food. Uh, there's other people talking about organics and composting. And of course, there's a, a lot of other vendors that are selling solar and wind generators, etc. Uh, generally speaking, it's probably what we would call a much more liberal crowd. Uh, although you'll find uh, some very staunch conservative people, especially those in agriculture. Uh, and, but it's a, it's a diversified group, and yet they. Have a great deal in common with people who are also seeking the kingdom. Uh, there are people who are thinking outside of the box, so to speak. They're thinking about alternative ways of doing things, rather than doing things the same way everybody else has been doing or the media says to be doing. And they're uh, they have an interest in. Uh, to some degree in self-reliance and independence uh, especially in the agricultural areas that are here at the show on the news before the show we heard uh, news stories of someone who came from a predominantly Muslim country to the United States to preach uh, Christianity to the Muslims Uh, did so because supposedly in America you have religious freedom And in these other countries, you can actually be executed for uh, preaching uh, Christianity. Uh, It's illegal in many of these countries, some of which get a great deal of foreign aid from the United States. Now, I don't believe that uh, we should support one religion over another through government. Uh, But by the same token... uh, I think the United States would be wiser if they weren't uh, supporting governments that were actually in opposition to religious freedom. Christianity originally was a very persecuted faith. It wasn't persecuted so much because of what we call religion today because there was freedom of religion in the Roman Empire you could belong to any church you wanted to belong to you could have any religion you wanted to belong to uh, but you couldn't go against public policy in the practice of that religion and religion as it's defined at least at that time by some of the words that we see appearing in the Bible meant the taking care of widows and orphans and needy of your society in Christianity that is done entirely by faith, hope, and charity. In the government of Rome, at the time of Christ, that was done mostly by government-supported social welfare programs. Half the people in Rome are receiving government dole in one form or another. Uh, that same statistic applies to Oregon today. Half the people uh, in Oregon uh, receive a government check. Now of course many of those are employees and not really on government dole but a large percentage uh, for instance in the county where I live uh, Lake County about 75% of the people are receiving a government check and a great many of those people are on some form of government dole. We have a 10% unemployment rate in the United States today. That would be people on the government dole as the government really isn't an insurance program, uh, but it it works as if it was insurance and provides many benefits. The thing with government is that uh, today, in most countries, including the United States, is the benefits they supply do come with strings attached. They demand your full faith and allegiance to them if you apply to eat at their table. Uh Christianity would not do that in the early days because they had a table of which the world could not eat. They themselves were not of the world, meaning the constitutional order or system of governments of Rome and many of the other governments. They were uh an independent society based on this faith, open, charity. So they took care of their needy just like other governments. But they did it by free will offerings, which is the way Moses originally set it up. And it's actually what Abraham was doing. They were very self-reliant and independent people. They were people that were thinking outside the box. They were people who were doing something different than everybody else. But they had a commonality found in the fact that they were lovers of Jesus Christ and Jesus said if you love me you will keep my commandments and his commandments would include the Ten Commandments uh... he said all the law meaning the Ten Commandments hinged on two laws to love God with your whole heart mind and soul and to love your neighbor as yourself that would mean that you could not from your neighbor you could not uh, abuse your neighbor murder your neighbor twist his arm behind his back to get him to do what you wanted him to do you you let him make his own choices you gave him the same power that God gave you the power of choice now that's called Liberty now there are limits to that Liberty you don't give him the right to choose to murder somebody abuse somebody um you don't give him the right to uh, uh steal from somebody you also wouldn't give him the right to break any of the 10 commandments including the one that thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods and you yourself would not covet your neighbor's goods that's a crime under the 10 commandments there's the benefits of a benefactor who forces your neighbor to contribute to your welfare would be a crime against the kingdom of God, uh, or at least within the kingdom of God. It is outside. That can only be done outside the kingdom, away from the kingdom, away from Christ even, because he says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, which includes the commandment not to covet thy neighbor's goods. Now, I I was at a a small meeting of people out in the country uh, a few weeks ago. I mentioned it on one of the programs. And someone, actually there were two individuals there that were related by marriage. They were older gentlemen. And one of them was uh, on Social Security at the time. The other one was old enough to collect Social Security but was still working. And he said, I'll never collect it. And I hear that from a lot of people, and and some people are thinking because they don't believe it will be there, although he was old enough to collect it, but he says, I'll never collect it. I've made other provisions. I don't want it. I'll let it stay. The money that I've paid in, that will go to people who really need it. I won't take any of that money. Now, I don't know if he'll stick to his word or not, but that's what he was thinking at the time. And he seemed to be saying it in a non-boastful way, that he actually meant it. He he thought that you shouldn't be taking money because that money belonged to somebody else and it was there for emergencies uh, if you fell on hard times. That's exactly what was going on with the altars of Abraham and the altars of Moses. Those altars were there. You paid into them in hope that those same altars would be intact and viable if you had a need. Not when you were older, but just if you had a need. You might be older and not have a need. Your family would be taking care of you. Your children would be honoring their father and their mother, which, of course, we've talked about that before. The word there for honoring the father and thy mother meant to fatten, to increase, to uh, uh, as an honorarium. You know, they're your parents. They raised you. They educated you. They provided for you. And now they're old and they're somewhat infirm or they can't work as hard as they used to and they need your support, and you give it because you're a part of that family. And that family was a part of a community, and that community would also give to your family if you were unable to provide them with the needs that they had. And some families will have greater needs, and some families will have greater resources. Uh, like Tevia in uh, Fiddler on the roof, he had five daughters. He had no sons, so when his daughters got married, they entered other families. and so who would take care of him and his wife? Well, the fact is is his son-in-laws uh, actually well, at least one of them, actually cared and uh, and Tevia figured he was going to work for a long time. <laughs> he was not going to be rich. He was rewarded with five daughters and the daughters would be in other families, but he was popular in the community and people would help him out. They learned to be a community because they forgave one another, which is why Christ talks about forgiveness. He also talks about thanksgiving, giving to one another. And of course, this was always done through the church in the early uh, days of Christianity because the church was the social welfare program for Christians. They didn't apply to the benefits offered by Caesar because he was a benefactor who exercised authority. They didn't go to the Temple of Saturn and register with that temple, especially their children because when birth registration was required under Marcus Aurelius, it it was around under um, Augustus Caesar and Nero and the others, but it wasn't required by law that you register your children for birth registration until Marcus Aurelius. And under his provision, you had 30 days to register your children with the Treasury Department, which meant the tre- uh, the, the Temple of Saturn. And uh, if you understood how these temples worked, there were a number of temples, and they were used to fund different projects, such as uh, The Temple of Janus would actually help fund military operations as well as other operations in foreign countries. Um, That's what these temples are. They're government buildings, really. They're not just systems of uh, superstitious religion. They were systems of faith, but they were systems of full faith and credit uh, where you would be obliged to pay into them. Now, that wasn't the way they were originally. Originally, Rome also operated on free will offerings. It was a republic. Uh, they operated on faith, hope, and charity. You you gave in, and people uh, would have uh, the opportunity of managing the funds that were at their disposal for the good of those people who were also members of that temple. Well, in Christianity, you weren't really members in the same way that people became members of the Temple of Saturn by birth registration. You were a member because you were a member of a congregation, and the people in that congregation recognized that you were a member. And when you became a member, you gave no obligation. You did not have to pay in. Uh, There was still tithing in the early church, but even in the uh, old church, the church in the wilderness, with the Levites, you tithe to them according to their service. It wasn't a mandatory 10% that uh, had to go, or the, the Levites. You tithe to them according there's no tithing. But if all things were equal, you would share with those Levites because those Levites were taking care of the tents of the congregations of the people. So the distinction between Christianity and these other religions was they, their religion was pure. They took care of the widows and orphans and needy of their society through faith, open charity, unspotted by membership in the world, the constitutional order or system of government of the Pharisees or of Rome. They were not members of that. Now, there were Romans. There were citizens of Rome, which is actually called Quiris, um who were converted to Christianity. But as they could become free of those social welfare programs, they would, and they would sign up as members of the congregations of Christ. And they operated by casting their bread upon the waters, in other words, giving in donations when they were in need, and hope that the rest of the community of Christians would be there if they had a need. If they didn't have a need, they would simply take care of themselves. This was the division, and this is also why Christians were persecuted. Because what happened is the most industrious, the most frugal, the most uh, the, the most solid family groups started looking at christianity as an alternative to the welfare state that had been created in rome the empire there had been no caesars before augustus yet rome had been around for four or five hundred years there hadn't been programs and socialism creeping into the way of life of rome in the beginning uh... it had dissipated society there divorces were so rampant that marriage as a permanent institution was almost non-existent. It was amazing that even Augustus Caesar, who was divorced, became such a high prominent ruler in the country because divorce was looked down upon in Rome at one time. Uh, but over the years, because of their affluence and their, the creeping socialism of the Roman government, And the uh, affluence is probably key because of the fact that uh, this was the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah that in a time of affluence they did not strengthen the poor. And what happened was this affluence weakened the people. They, uh, instead of sharing their wealth and and, uh, uh, prospering their neighbor, people began to centralize the wealth In their own hands and became lovers of that uh, wealth rather than lovers of their neighbor Christianity required just the opposite you had to love your neighbor as yourself Moses had said the exact same thing himself when he was teaching the ways of the kingdom to the Israelites which had a very hard time figuring out exactly what Moses was talking about Exactly how far-reaching the Ten Commandments are, not coveting your neighbor's goods, yet what bound you together as a community if it was not love for one another, caring for one another, the bonds that are created by caring for one another. And God knew, Moses knew, you could not bind the people together with a common purse, uh, which was the golden calf. You couldn't bind them together with contracts, covenants, or constitutions. You had to bind them together with something that was more important. And that was this love that is developed in a community when you have to look to that community for your entire social welfare and care. That is a dividing line between one type of community and another. This is something you may find amongst Muslims. You may find it amongst Jews. You may find it amongst uh, other religious faiths, or even people who think they are, uh, you know, uh, agnostic or uh, even atheists. You know, I've known many men who are men of great faith, but at one time in their life, they thought they were atheists and really what they discovered in, the, in several instances I can remember where they came and told me they they said at first I, I didn't believe in God but then I realized I did believe in God I just didn't believe in religion they had been betrayed by the religion that they had grown up in uh, they found it uh, actually undermining their, their marriage uh, because their wife was of another religious denomination, uh, and they suddenly thought, oh, I'm not going to have anything to do with religion and God, and then suddenly they realized that most of the religions don't have anything to do with what Christ had been teaching. Most of the Christian religions aren't really following Christ. Uh, Most of the uh, Buddhists today, I don't really believe they're following what Buddha taught, Uh, And I think Buddha actually taught things much more in accord with Christ than most people realize. Uh, He he did say some things different than Christ, but many of the teachings are heard also in Christianity. I'm not saying that Buddhism and Christianity are the same. I'm saying that some of the precepts that Buddha was realizing are shadows of what Christ taught and i believe that if you know one person once told me that uh buddha i know where he is he's in hell because he never accepted christ well he died 400 years before christ was born so of course he never accepted christ but i believe that they had met he may have because he had so many things in common but buddhists today may not just as jews today don't know moses and therefore often don't know christ uh, that was a problem at the time of Christ, and Jesus points it out. Is that you guys claim Moses, but he's not really, you know, the father of Moses, the creator of heaven and earth, was not their father. They didn't know that God. Oh, they had their religion, and they recited from the Torah, but they didn't understand it. And so, how do we decide who is a Christian? Who is really following Christ? Who is not following Christ? Here we are. uh, I'm over in a more liberal area of uh, Oregon uh, that have. this is where you find bumper stickers like my uh, karma uh, ran over your dogma. And then right next to it, you'll see an Obama sticker. And then you'll see a little symbol of a fish with legs on it. And you can say, well, here's somebody who's, uh, evolutionist, that's his faith, he believes in the religion of evolution, um, he believes in evidently socialism, <laughs> and he also uh, believes that religion is a stifling intellectual understanding of what is true. But when you really get to know the guy, is he really a socialist? Uh, is he really Antichrist? Or is he just confused, like the atheist who threw out God when he meant to only throw out false religion?
1: Where are the
0: people whose hearts really act?
1: it first on first amendment Radio.com and FirstAmendmentRadio.net, around the world and on satellite gold and silver is tremendously undervalued. Global demand vastly exceeds mine supply by more than 60% annually. There is little in the financial world more certain than a coming explosion in the prices of gold and silver. The U.S. dollar continues to lose value and respect as the world's reserve currency. Our nation faces challenges on many fronts, and a day doesn't pass without another economist bringing forth warnings of impending economic calamity. There has never been a better time than right now to acquire physical gold and silver. Discount gold and silver trading was founded on the principles of truth and honesty. We believe in providing a quality product, quality service, and most importantly, competitive pricing. We provide all forms of precious metals, including American gold, silver, platinum, and rare investment and circulated coins. Silver bars, rounds, and 90% silver bags are on hand for the silver investor. Gold self-directed IRAs are available. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, that's 1-800-375-4188. If you read the history books, the most often asked questions are southerners was this why did you fight and the most often given answer is because you're here in other words the south did not invade the north the north invaded the south
2: was it the civil war or war of federal aggression john weaver sets the record straight in this dvd series on the civil war from the old past christian history conference was there a war to set the slaves free or was it a war to enslave us all get this dvd image for yourself War of Federal Aggression, this DVD presentation for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Call 559-781-3773. The truth seems strange only because we've been indoctrinated with a fiction. War of Federal Aggression, get it today. Have you seen loose change? The most popular documentary in the 911 Truth Movement. With the coming change in government, now is the time to push for justice and get this truth into the hands of millions of Americans. First Amendment Radio is offering both videos, Loose Change and 911 Justice, on DVD. We will ship two copies of both videos to you for ten bucks cash. Yes, two copies, one for you and one for you to give away. You will see and hear Larry Silverstein admit that they decided to pull the building. Why are they not being pursued? The people must know. Justice must be had. The time is now. Two copies of both videos, loose change and nine one one Justice for ten bucks cash, no checks, please, to First Amendment Radio one thirty nine East to Larry Avenue, To Larry, California nine three two seven four.
0: Well, welcome back. Uh, We were talking about the uh, Oregon uh, Expo, Green Expo. And uh, we'll be here the rest of the day. Uh, If anybody's in the Medford area wants to stop by and see us, I know there will be some people, I think... uh, Paul from News with Views is going to come by today or tomorrow. Uh, I won't be here tomorrow. Richard will be here. Um, but we were talking about what divides the community of Christianity, the true community of Christianity from the rest of the world, which includes the false community of Christianity, <laughs> those who are claiming to be followers of Christ but aren't doers of his word. Uh, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Uh, not those who say, Lord, Lord, Christ, Christ, Jesus, Jesus, Yeshua, Yeshua, but those who do doeth the will of the Father. Uh, those are his brothers. Those are his sisters. Now, he came to sacrifice himself so that all men might be saved. But might be saved is not the same as being saved we have to repent and seek the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness so we were talking about liberals and conservatives uh, the differences between them uh, the difference between this religion and that religion buddhist, muslim uh, christians uh, whatever jews, whatever religion people uh, have they say oh well I believe in this denomination, that denomination, this religion, that religion, I believe in Jesus, many people tell me, but I don't see them doing what he said. I often see them doing the exact opposite of what he said, but yet they say they believe, so therefore they're saved. Well, if they really believe and really love Christ, they will keep his commandments by their nature because they love Christ they love who he is his name his His character it's like their own and his spirit dwelleth in them because their spirit is compatible with his Holy Spirit and unfortunately many people are giving Christ lip service and are not really loving him so That's why I'm talking about these different kinds of people that you will meet. The evil one wants to separate you. He wants to separate you not only from Christ, but from your neighbor. Christ wants you to love the Father as well as love your neighbor. So you want to learn to love your neighbor no matter if he is or thinks he is a Jew or thinks he is a Christian or thinks he is a Buddhist or even thinks that he is a Muslim. Often people think they are these things because that's what they were raised up in. That's what they were taught. This is what they were told by their parents. And so they cling to that belief, that religious philosophy. But what do they really believe? Because you'll find... Muslims that are more Christian than some people who are claiming to love Christ now is that Muslim a Christian I, I don't know we know that Christ says to men who do not know they're saved do not know that they are the faithful of God and Christ says you enter into the kingdom and they say us why us they don't know why they're being called into the kingdom and then Christ defines the character that you're looking for. Because you did this to me when I was hungry. You, you clothed me when I was naked. And they say, when did we do these things? They don't even have a recollection of doing these things. He says, when you did it to the least of my brethren. Well, why did you do it to his brother? Because you looked at them and you saw something worthwhile in you, and they helped it. Well, what they saw in the brethren of Christ was Christ. And their faithfulness to what they saw in Him allowed them, by the grace of God, to be forgiven. Now the Pharisees saw Christ Himself and could not see God in Him. They could not see the nature of God in Him because they never knew God. They thought they were the children of God. They thought they were the chosen ones of God. But they had left God a long time before. And so they were no longer the chosen of God because they chose not God. You see, we have a choice. But there's really only one choice. You either go towards God, the kingdom of heaven, the righteousness of God, or you're going away from it. If you make the one choice, you will be drawn towards certain activities. Certain characteristics will appear in your life. You will become faithful. You will become honorable. You will become sacrificing. You will be concerned about others as much as you are concerned about yourself. You will love one another. You will be quick to forgive. You will be patient. Because these are characteristics of Christ. And if you love him, you will become like him. Because if you love the Father, you also love the Write His laws upon your heart and upon your mind, and you will keep His commandments by your nature. So, God will separate out the wicked from the good. Do not separate yourselves based on religion or race or dogmas. Come together in the character of Christ and you will be separated out. So what do these people have in common? Like I said, they're thinking about the food that they buy for themselves and they're thinking about the food that you buy. They're thinking about growing better crops, uh, healthier crops, healthier uh, produce such as uh, meats and milk, etc. And we have encouraged and we see some of our congregations doing this where they're going out to local farmers to get their food, to get uh, bulk food. We've got uh, his church at Wilson, uh, no, his church at uh, uh, Cottonwood, talking about going and buying five to six tons of red wheat and bringing it to the retreat and and redistributing it amongst the other congregations the other people that come to the retreat. So that you come to the retreat, they come with six tons of grain, and you buy the grain from them at almost wholesale prices. You have to cover their cost of driving it down there, but you will be able to get it much cheaper than anybody else and much better because they'll go to a farm that's growing good, clean feed. And they know where it came from and how it got to you. That's very important. And people in this expo are beginning to read food is coming from. They want to know what's in it. Uh, There's going to be a huge food shortage in America. But already there's a huge nutrition shortage in America. People are not taking care of themselves. They are not taking care of their neighbor and are also not taking care of their own health. And so... We have some common threads with these people. They may consider themselves Christian. They may consider themselves some other religion. But what is really the driving spirit in their lives? Now, will they be saved? Will they accept Christ? Uh, like I said, in some cases, I think some of them are accepting the precept upon precept of Christ. But they're rejecting Christ, possibly, in their lives today, but not. They're not really rejecting Christ. They're rejecting the false Christian's image of Christ that has been drawn for them. If they really saw Christ in you, they would become Christians. Now, I don't know who is who in this maze of confusion, but I want everybody to... Seek to know what's in men's hearts. Do not divide yourself with external doctrines. Do not put on your Christianity as the Pharisees put on their their garments and their robes and their rituals. Become like Christ, caring about others. If you're a farmer, produce a healthier crop. If you're a manufacturer, produce something that will have the integrity of Christ in that product. Uh, These are important characteristics that begin to change you and you can start to change the world by your relationship with Christ because it will change the way in which you relate to everybody else. Some of the other things, that I know in other communities they're talking about going out to farms and, and buying food in bulk and then dividing it up, learning to put up their own food, preserve it. And some places are talking about organic gardening, finding places in their own community to do that. It is very important that we network together enough so that we can build these local congregations of record of 10 families that can go out and uh, do some of these things to provide for one another find alternatives to going into IGA or Safeway or Food for Less or whatever it is that you go and get your groceries in a recent survival article published by Chuck Baldwin he goes to a long list first thing he says is to go out and that second home you've wanted prices are right get it in the country or move to the country entirely well that's very hard for a lot of people to do uh and he goes on and talks about putting up food and planting your own gardens and then he gets quite a long section on firearms well personally I think that one of the most important survival tools if you want to talk about physical objects is a good pocket knife uh I think that that will probably come in more handy than almost anything else. But all that being said, down at the very bottom he talks about our relationship with God. Well, our relationship with God is defined more by our relationship with our neighbor than almost anything else. And our relationship with our family, of course. Because family is the core to society. It is where society comes from. So we we see these Um, different uh, aspects of the character of Christ in some people, even though they may or may not think of themselves as Christian, we see these characteristics of Christ absent in other people who say they are Christian, uh, who are actually coveting their neighbor's goods and praying to uh, benefactors who exercise authority knowing that those benefactors will take from their neighbor to provide them with their social welfare. They don't realize how that weakens their society. We need to start turning around in as many different ways as we can and the best way to do that is in your local congregation. So you need to come together in the name of Christ, in the character of Christ, in the purposes of Christ, in the ways of Christ, which means come together to serve one another. Ask not what your kingdom can do for you, but ask rather what you can do for your kingdom. So you'll see this different attitude. So there's probably no greater gift that we have to give with all the books that we offer for free and the articles that we offer for free and the booklets that you can download for free, make copies yourself. There's still no greater thing that we can actually physically offer you then the network, the living network, where you come together with others and find others. Now, how are we going to make that go? Many people say, oh, there's nobody in Bria. Well, we're trying to find people in the area by being on different radio shows. I'm going to be on one tomorrow. Uh, I actually don't know the time. It's in the evening. Uh, it's on, I think, uh, it's called uh, Branch Ministries com. Go on the network, ask uh, the people on the Living Network uh, Join the Net Living Network in your area If you're in Oregon or in uh, Pennsylvania or Florida You join the Carolina group Ask them, they'll give you the schedule It's going to be on satellites, several satellites uh, as well And they have that We already announced, announced that on the Kingdom News list Get more people to listen to these radio broadcasts. Get more people to sign up to that living network. Uh, and as that grows, we can put more people in touch with you locally. I've seen people joining in the Carolina area and several other areas. I can't even keep track of how many people are joining. But that's okay. I don't need to keep track. If you join into the network, the network will keep track of itself and it will help keep track of you help provide you with the needs that you have and will have in the future and you can do that if you start working together and learning what you're going to need to learn providing for what you're going to need to provide but you need to do it within the community setting we just heard on the news uh, a ridiculous figure i found like 15 million uh pounds of spaghetti is uh, going to be w- recalled because it's possible that it is a health risk uh, if you were getting your food from local uh ranchers and farmers you would know where that food came from you would have a better knowledge of whether that food was healthy or not and that's what you need to do, and you can't do all that on your own, but you can if you work together in congregations and networks. Somebody was gonna buy grain from a source and somebody else on the group said, hey, no, I can find you a better source than that, better grain than that. Uh, we can learn from each other if we start working together in these local communities and these local congregations of record. And why of record? So that you can Make a record of where you are because you don't, you're not just a a local congregation, but you're congregations of congregation, which is what forms the church and creates or edifies the kingdom of heaven at hand within your reach. And so that's what I want everybody to be encouraged to do is to join that network, start. Separating yourself from the prejudices that keep you from joining them. Don't let your dogma, your personal dogma, keep you from trying to come together with others. It is patience and forgiveness that are the bonds of the kingdom. It's love for one another that are the bonds of the kingdom. Not because you belong to this religion or this religious group or you have the perfect doctrine. I can guarantee you, I don't think there's anybody you know that has the perfect doctrine. We all are confused about some aspects of the kingdom and the message of Christ, which was the gospel of the kingdom. You need to work in that direction of the kingdom. That's what it means to repent, to turn around and go that other way. So we are going to have a retreat. Uh, of so September, we, I, I talked to somebody who will come out and butcher a cow and a couple of lambs during the retreat, so you get to see that done by a professional. Uh, we may even butcher uh, something that we roast up uh, for the community to see a whole animal roasted up. And uh, for one of our meals, or at least uh, where everybody can partake of that meal, uh, we'd like to have lots of tents set up. Like we said, we have over a thousand acres at our disposal. We have lakes and uh, rivers, and not too far away we have hot springs you can go to. There are mountains and forests that you can climb in, deserts you can walk. Uh, we'll share with you as much information about the kingdom, but also information about country living, uh, homestead living, etc. Uh, We'd like anybody who would like to come at the last part of September, the first part of October, and entertain us, Uh, share what they have to share with us. We'll have our own Kingdom Expo, our uh, own festival and feast. So I want to know as many of you that are coming, let me know. Uh, Get together on the network, let them know. Uh, if you come from a long ways off, there are some people that are talking about carpooling, maybe even renting a bus, and sharing the expenses to bring it down, the price down. Uh, we don't charge anything for you coming. We can't guarantee we'll provide a lot, but we should be providing for each other. And so therefore, all those who come will add to the festival the Fall Festival, all those who come uh, will provide for the needs of that gathering and the entertainment of that gathering and the education that will come from that gathering comes from you. You have to build it. Like we say, if you build it, you'll be there already. And so we need to work on lots of different things in our life, well, we uh, Evidently, gold just took a uh, jump, uh, which caused uh, other commodities to change. This is all just signs of the times. It's signs of the economy breaking down. The, uh, gold did not go up in price. The dollar went down. We're going to see more and more inflation. We're going to see more and more shortages of different commodities and food. Um, one of the reasons this went up in the last few months is because of wood. As soon as they saw that, they started to reproduce, and now there will be a surplus and the prices will go back down again. We're going to see fluctuations in the value of things. So we need to prepare because we're seeing the beginning of the decline and fall of the New World Order. Already, before it even completely is consolidated, it is already uh, falling. We see it in Europe and the European currencies, with the bankrupt nations that are a part of the European system. We're going to see it with the new Amero and with these other uh, uh, monies that will appear on the uh, scene here shortly. And it's all a part of this general decline. Mortgages are continuing continuing to fail. Uh, unemployment is still at 10%, but in reality it's higher than that because many of the people have used up their unemployment. And those of you who are workers, those of you who are thrifty, patient, forgiving, need to find others like yourself and join together to be the kingdom of God at hand for one another. This is the gospel of the kingdom, to love one another as Christ loved you, which means you need to sacrifice yourself for others. You don't have to get nailed to a cross, but you need to be willing to give up some of your time, some of your energy, even some of your money, to help others, and the best way to help others is to get them to come together. Uh, I'm evidently going to be on that show again, um, the Branch um, Ministries. I'm probably getting the name wrong. i got to go on the Living Network to find it. Uh, uh, it's Pastor Dan Catlin. You can do a word search for that, and you'll find the website. Anyway, so we'll be on that show tomorrow evening, and I guess we'll probably be on it next week. He was very excited when he came to the website and read it. A number of different study programs have started up in different places. Uh, Some are reading Thy Kingdom Come. Some are reading The Free Church Report, and that's very important. Uh, A lot of the contact ministers that are on the Living Network are realizing that an awful lot of people have not read some of the material. Uh, they they see an article and they want to go in a particular direction, but they haven't looked at the roadmap. You gotta need to look at the map. Now, how you get from point A to point B, if you have the map, you can go this way or you can go that way. That's your choice. But we're talking and preaching the kingdom of God, and that's what we should be seeking. In order to do that, you need a roadmap, and that roadmap is supplied to us by the Bible. And and unfortunately many people have distorted the view and understanding of the Bible and we need to return to that that's part of that repentance so until next week I won't be on talk show today uh, because I'm in this remote location but we'll see you next week on the radio